0: man's dogmatician he's not a historian hey hey how's everybody doing my name is christian wagner and i'm the militant Thomist. and i'm coming at you with this q a this is the first one back and it's gosh it's been probably like two weeks when i recorded all of those thomas aquinas videos and uh made sure i posted them and i did forget like the last four or five days post them so i posted them like the last five this afternoon so it is what it is what can you do and sorry for the terrible lighting because this is this is the new and improved militantoma studios except when it comes to lighting this is horrible I i need to go to the store um next time i'm out or just tell the wife boom boom get some lights right there because I mean, there's, there's a light over there, but obviously it's just uh, it's like a monastic corner over here or something. It's my monastic cell. I got um, Disputation on the Sacraments, St. Thomas Aquinas, Christ All-Powerful. Back here, here, Apotheosis of St. Thomas Aquinas by John Henry Newman. And then uh, that's really it. And then I have all my icons right behind the screen so this is a QA. and a and if you want go for it send some questions um, I usually have time to answer all the questions but if you want to make extra double sure or you just want to uh, just want to help support uh, you can send a super chat <sighs> these body armors aren't that bad you know I hope they don't need to be refrigerated because I bought it yesterday and I did not refrigerate it. So if I die, you'll know. But uh yeah, I've also been sick. So that's kind of why um, kind of why I did a QA tonight. But also because I'm sure you guys have had some questions over the last two weeks. So the first one from Tim E. 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 Is it E or is it E? I don't know how to say it. What are your thoughts on the Catholic Charismatic Movement? Interesting. So actually, um, if any of you have have watched any of my conversion videos, you'll know that when I was in high school, I was a member of a charismatic church, the Church of God, and that my wife, um, she grew up as a Pentecostal, and that her dad is a Pentecostal pastor. So I have a, a good deal. Actually, I should just leave the question up just in case people pop up. So I have a good deal of experience when it comes to the non-Catholic charismatic movement. I have not ever run into um, Catholic charismatics, but I guess I can kind of apply some principles from Catholic theology and then from what I learned as a charismatic. So first... um, there's there's an interesting. This is more of a Protestant um, way of thinking, but there's on the one end you have like the John MacArthur Strange Fire sort of uh, absolute cessationism, which uh, comes from BB Warfield, who was a 19th century uh, Princetonian theologian, Princetonian reform theologian, if you can call him reformed. And then on the other end you have like crazy wacky sort of Pentecostal snake handlers. That's the, the sort of Protestant mindset when it comes to, okay, charismatic or uh, continuationist versus cessationist. But I think a, a truly Catholic view is going to be somewhere in the middle of these two extremes because you have in our hagiography, you have the certain gifts of prophecy, and this especially comes up in the mystical writings of the saints because that is one of the rewards of the uh higher echelons of of the mystical life as seen in um saint john of the cross who is my confirmation saint and uh father reginald maria garrigou lagrange which i hope he was i wish he was canonized Then he would be my confirmation saint but uh but he, they both uh w- when they're writing about the mystical life um, and this is common in the tradition when you get into those higher echelons of prophecy then there's also tongues visions stuff like that so um When it comes to a sort of minimalist view of charismaticism, that that is definitely in the Catholic tradition. But what we have to be careful about is taking what is a fundamentally 19th century, 20th century charismatic uh, 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 Protestant movement and then applying those same categories and ways of thinking to the Catholic faith. Because while we can be certainly appreciative of our charismatic separated brethren or Pentecostal separated brethren, we cannot wholesale um, take in their theology and take rather take it as a um, moment for retrieval within our own tradition um, found in our hagiographies, in our saints, and in the mystical life which the liturgy has um, brought about. But when it comes to um, these certain um, Editing of the liturgy, kind of doing the liturgy in a Pentecostal way that that is not um, that that ought not to be licit. So, taste. Tell us about your confirmation. Okay, so it was kind of nice. I had a the reason I took two weeks off is because I had about a week long retreat, um, and then I had and then that ended on Holy Wednesday Spy Wednesday so on maundy thursday i traveled to to georgia which is where i got received and we had a Monday thursday service glorious and then we had um two good friday services we had a good friday service um, and then we had uh seven last words and then we had a holy saturday service and then we had the easter vigil so it was a very very busy i probably spent like let me think about it, probably almost 10 hours, probably more than that, more like 12 hours over the weekend in, in liturgies of of various kinds. But uh, yeah, the Easter Vigil, it is the most beautiful service in the Roman Rite. It was absolutely glorious. I just, I loved it. And obviously, um, as I mentioned before, I took St. John of the Cross as my confirmation saint. Um, I'd already been baptized, so I just got confirmed made sure it was by a priest because it's ordinary. and since they're so spread out uh, usually the priests will be uh, the extraordinary ministers of confirmation and uh, he gave me that solid slap got got confirmed and uh, received my first holy communion which was absolutely amazing it is such a mystical experience it is it's so much different than, than just reading about the Eucharist and um, the nature of the Eucharist and its fruits. It's, it's much different actually receiving the Eucharist. It's, I, I, I can understand a lot more um, how it is the source and summit of our faith. Absolutely glorious. Um, will you be doing apologetics? <laughs> um. You know, I, I'm very much against uh, doing apologetics. I, I, I don't, th- I don't think it would be good for for my spiritual life. Honestly, I, I think it can um, being obsessed with with doing apologetics and being obsessed with debunking the, the Protestants and the Orthodox that that can be very damaging. And it takes a certain level of maturity that I don't have. So. I'm sorry guys, but, uh, maybe one day I'll discern that that is the direction I would like to take my apostolate in, but, uh, not, not for now, at least Vincent, welcome home. Thank you. Um, how do you, uh, how do you feel about Marian apparitions? I mean, uh, I, i I thought as a Protestant that they were a bit weird, um, <laughs> That, that that was my initial thought. And I'm still getting over uh, some of that implicitly uh, because obviously the years of uh, habituating yourself to a certain way of thinking, um, it, it's going to be difficult to get out of those ways of thinking. And I still, uh, I, I don't think I reverence uh, the Marian apparitions as much as I should. Um, I'm still definitely working on that. Because I, I mean, you, you see, with a lot of people, it's just they're they're thinking and talking about Marian apparitions all the time. But I I rarely, if at all, um, ever think of any Marian apparition. Uh, that's just not something which uh, was really. Uh, Formative for me, theologically or or uh, devotionally, so that's not something that comes to mind often. But from an objective point of view, um, obviously, I will affirm those that are affirmed by the church, and I will reject those that are rejected by the ch- rejected by the church. So, any cool experiences when receiving the sacraments? Yeah, with uh, w- with confirmation for sure. Um, I've heard this from others, but because of of the reception of the spirit of wisdom and understanding i really felt a, an amazing sort of clarity of mind when it comes to uh, contemplating the truths of the faith so i I'm, I'm really hoping that that'll that'll aid me further when it comes to when it, when it comes to my own uh, thought and when it comes to um, imbibing the the doctrine of the church and then obviously with receiving the body and blood that was um, it 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 was the whole weekend. I mean, I went uh, much stricter when it came to my fast um, than I did the rest of Lent. So I was just the entirety of the of the of, of the whole triduum, uh, just longing for for receiving the Eucharist, just hungry for it, you know, just a spiritual hunger. So uh, having that satisfied was just an amazing, amazing um, feeling. So why is your name militant Thomas In what ways are you militant? Yeah, that comes from, uh, I think it was James white when he was talking about me or talking about, uh, somebody else. I can't remember uh, whether that was in the video against me or not. He was talking about, he was ranting about all these militant Thomists out there. And obviously he was talking about Protestant Thomists. So I, I kind of thought that was a cool name. So it comes from James white, making fun of Thomists, but, uh, yeah, that's that's where the name comes from. I've thought about uh, changing it before, but I, I, I still think it's kind of cool. I, I just like the way it sounds, you know. Could you see yourself living somewhere else than the U.S.? If so, where? Also, the name is just Tim. Oh, okay. <clears throat> see myself living somewhere besides the U.S.? I don't, no, I, I, I don't. I mean... I, I wouldn't exactly be opposed to it, but it's just, I like the American South. I, I grew up, I grew up in Maryland in, uh, in, in a very rural part of Maryland, a very conservative part of Maryland, like, uh, kids with, uh, Confederate, uh, crap. I probably shouldn't say that on, on YouTube. I'm going to get myself canceled, but, um, kids with, uh, Southern flags, uh, behind their, behind their trucks and stuff like that. So because if, if you're from Maryland, you understand this, but Maryland is very divided and schizophrenic over whether it wants to be a northern state or a southern state. And technically speaking, it is below the... the the um. What can I think of the name? The line that separates the north and the south. Why am I so stupid? Um, Mason-Dixon. Yeah, the Mason-Dixon line technically is south, it's south of that, but actually, very technically speaking, there's a small sliver of Maryland, which is north of it. And the reason I know this is because... The Mason-Dixon line basically went through my backyard growing up. So, and then uh, Pennsylvania was a few miles uh, north of that. So, uh, very technically speaking, uh, southern. But all—all uh, all that's to say that uh, I kind of like the—the the southern culture, and uh, especially now that I live in North Carolina, I would like to move to—to uh, to, uh, Western North Carolina, though, rather than near Charlotte. I kind of like the mountains. Are you white-pilled about the amount of converts this year? I met Eastern Orthodox converts, now Catholic joined this year. Oh, yeah, that, that was a huge white pill. Is your, I heard so many people who, who have converted at the Easter Vigil. There was at a very small congregation, that uh, ordinary congregation that I got received at, there was, I think, probably about 20 people that got received, and then they had three baptisms. So uh, so it was it was pretty major. It came to the amount of people, even for a small parish. And I've heard the same from other people, that they just had huge amounts of people converting. So I don't know what that's about. Uh, Who knows if it's part of some bigger sort of uh, movement. But uh, we just got to keep doing live streams in our bedrooms and making little dark ages, age edits, boys. And uh, that'll, that'll convert the whole world. Yes, I did get the liturgical slap. And I made sure I told the priest to, to do it extra hard to slap out all my heresy. <laughs> um what are your thoughts on Catholic answers? I mean, I Catholic answers, honestly, they're going to they're they're going to defend the faith and spread the gospel to so many more people than I could ever dream of with my humble little YouTube channel. So you can't hate on them too much from from that point of view. But do I think that their arguments are the best? Or that um, that they've I've I've heard some of the people take troubling positions that I think were wrong? Well, of course, but uh, but either either way, they're they have just millions of people who are going to see their stuff. So Did confirmation feel better because props were seething on your timeline? Oh yeah, it was at, it, it was terrible. Um <laughs> I mean, it was kind of funny because like you guys knew I was doing this for for months now at this point. So I don't I don't get why you didn't you you didn't try earlier. But it's like, "Oh, okay, the day before your reception, I'm going to send you like paragraphs." And I didn't even post all the seething that I got. I just posted uh, the more annoying examples, but it was a lot of seething. It just was what it was. And I got, even got a share by, I even got quote tweeted by, uh, Taylor Marshall. So keep, keep working boys. This is, this is, uh, a few times now that he's, that he's either responded to my stuff or quote tweeted my stuff. So eventually, eventually I will make it on. <laughs> so was your first confession weird? And how many hours did it take? Uh, it was a bit weird. Um, it, it wasn't weird because of the, the confessor. the confessor was great, but it was, it was odd because um, I had to do my first confession, like as I was driving down to Georgia. So I, they just, um, the, the man that was helping me uh, through the process contacted a priest who was on the way. And he said that he could hear my first confession. So it was like after a two hour drive. And it, so, I mean, I, and I had I had some time to contemplate as I was driving, but I I didn't feel nearly adequately prepared enough. But I mean, I, I guess that's how everybody should feel when receiving the sacraments is is their own unworthiness and ill preparation in the grace and mercy of God and even accepting that ill preparation of yours. So I felt ill prepared. Um, and it, it wasn't long. I feel like I forgot about it. I I mean, I, I think this will be for every single confession is you just feel like you forget stuff. But um, I, I can I can uh, trust and have hope in the in the grace and mercy of God. Okay, so. Advice for one who wants to convert and belongs to an extremely anti-Catholic family. Yeah, I uh let me take a drink before I answer that. So as you know, um I I did grow up in an extremely anti-Catholic family. Um and extended family too, because of the IFB nature of the church that we all grew up at, because my extended family went to that church too. So it was it was a bit troubling. Um I had certain family members that I loved who who did get a bit upset um at me converting. But I think the the, the best advice that I would have to give when and how I personally went through it is to just recognize the amount of ignorance and um not in an offensive sense, but ignorance and misinformation that they probably have. Because, I mean, it's it's really cultural in America, the, the anti-Catholic bias. And it's been centuries in the making. Um, even back to the founding of America, there was that anti-Catholic bias. And even before then, um, you, you have to recognize that um, obviously there's going to be certain things that are ingrained into their mindset where they don't really understand uh, what they hate. So they ought not to be... Um, faulted as much. And they ought not to be responded to with anger or hatred, but uh, just with pity and uh, mercy and love because because of the misinformation that's often there is that there is you have to step in their shoes and to really understand where they're coming from. Because to be perfectly honest, if, if you uh, had a family member who was converting to uh, converting to what they said Catholicism was, I'm sure you would be freaking out too because of the amount of um, misinformation there is. Best resources contra Muslims. I think when it comes to uh, Islam, because obviously the big ones are going to be the Incarnation and the Trinity, just a moderately good... um, systematic theology uh here is actually a good one that i haven't done a formal video yet on but it is printed um i've reprinted uh there you go um sylvester joseph hunter's outlines of dogmatic uh, theology it's in three volumes so what's good about that is and i guess i'll give like a little two-minute bit about it what's good about that is that it's meant to be outlines. And, uh, there was a certain, there was a certain method of, of writing books of theology as outlines of theology. Uh, Francis J. Hall did something similar, but it's just taking kind of, um, kind of, kind of summarizing, uh, theology. So it's, it, it's a good intermediate textbook. Like I would be comfortable, um, having somebody who's read the catechism basically anybody's read the catechism be able to read um, hunter's uh, outlines of dogmatic theology uh, it's a really really good work um, so just reading the section on the trinity and incarnation there and i think uh, that and also learning um, how to argue um, and how to think theologically that's very important um, i did uh, that article i did on the basics of scholastic disputation i think once you understand the way in which premises and 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 such work that that's really helpful um what, just getting the basics of arguing and then getting the content of the catholic faith and once you once you mix those two together uh, you should really be fine and then when it comes i guess i'll put the the link in there but you can just go actually i don't have it on um christian b wagner dot shop yet i need to put that up later, but I will. It's a whole I put it as a series, so you should be able to um I only put the paper back home for 20 bucks. So I kept it relatively cheap. Okay. And let me see. Yeah, you should be able to oh that's annoying. Whatever. Oh yeah, and I always forget to tell you. oh, Oh there you go. Book one of three. Um oh that's so stupid. Okay. Sorry. This is live if you didn't know. Okay, there you go. They're having because I always typeset all mine, but they're having all the non typeset weird scanned ones. I hate those. Those are the worst. Those are the great Satan. Oh yeah, and I always forget to tell you, tell you guys that when you even if you don't buy my books, just go in there and and um Go on there and just review and give them five stars and write a review. It's, it, uh, it really helps out a lot to get it, uh, get it out there. Okay. Are you a groiper or do you plead the fifth? I have still not, nobody has still told me what Groyper means. So I do plead the fifth. I live in Baltimore and I don't like it here. Should I go to rural areas to find friends? Oh, that's cool. I'm from Carroll County. Uh, that's where I originally grew up. Yeah, Carroll County pretty chill. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of. Yeah, I mean, I, I found plenty of friends when I was when I was growing up in Carroll County. There's only a few of them I still am friends with. But yeah, it's the rural areas are so much better when it comes to that. I would say at least I I, I actually don't have much to compare it with, but uh, I lived and Sanford for a while, which was the closest thing I lived to to a to a city. It was really weird because the you could go to a fast food restaurant and go on an app and and order food to pick it up. It was crazy. I always thought you were Catholic. Oh, that's Sean. Okay. Next, Pius the tenth video when I will I. I'll try to get it done this week. It seems like okay. So it seems like the direction you guys kind of want and just let me know in in the live chat if this is true. But it seems like you guys really like the hagi the like hagiography sort of videos of me just kind of telling you stories about about saints. It seems like you guys like that. So I think that might be like might be something in the future that I put more energy into. It seems like those get a lot more engagement than a lot of the other stuff that that I've posted. Um, so if if that's what you guys want, then I can do a lot more of that. I can kind of do like, because what I like to do is I like to have one short form content sort of thing, like something that'll take 10, 15 minutes, then one longer one, like something like this it'll take an hour. So if you guys want more of my short form stuff to be, to be, uh, hackyography stuff, then, then I'll, I'll do it. I, I've always thought like not being not being prideful here but always thought that like storytelling about about a lot saints and stuff because i had to do it a lot was was one of my one of my skills so if you guys think you like it then go for it just let me know so top three monastic orders one dominicans okay so, what are your thoughts on using Protestant songs in Catholic churches, given them being good songs? I don't think it's really necessary. I mean, and I'm speaking, okay, that's, it's, it's a bit ironic coming from an ordinary member because like half the songs we use are, are technically Protestant songs. I mean, usually that just means that John Mason Neal translated the hymn from an old Latin version. But again, I think we, we have such a strong, uh, his uh tradition of hymnody that you you ought to go there first and i mean there's such a large amount there that really you're you're not even going to need to dip from protestants unless it's just like absolutely amazing (laughs) congrats on confirmation when are you accepting christ as your lord oh my Okay, where did you get the paintings behind yourself? um art.com. Um it looks crooked, but that's just because right right here is a wall right there. So the walls going down like that. So Yeah, I need, I need to I definitely need to fix a little bit of that. Okay. Oh man, I need to go faster. I'm still at all the messages from 6:20. the exalted oh my gosh it is the greatest liturgical chant ever we get to chant about the bees we get to thank the bees for the the wax they've made us it's it's so amazing it's just basically the exalted is is just the liturgical version of the of the catholic lore meme it's just it's just telling you all of the lore that goes that goes behind easter it's amazing You should do a stream with the other Paul on the difference between a Calvinistic view on predestination versus St. Thomas versus St. Augustine. There is no difference. I don't think there is any difference. Just join the chat. Any upcoming debates or guests coming up for you? I feel like, Oh yeah. Father Gad and I were supposed to do a debate on Molinism. I should probably contact him about that. So, in the chat right now, Father, Father James, we need to do that. Um. Yeah i I mean I think I'd be a good debater. I've never done a formal debate, really. I just kind of like long form discussion. That, that's that's more my vibe. I'm not really liking the the sort of debate version. I read your reprint on the brethren of the Lord. Very good. Yes. Um, yes. <coughs> Sorry, I'm sick. Essay on the brethren of the Lord by J.B. Lightfoot. He's a Protestant biblical scholar. He does a really good job when it comes to um, talking about the various views uh, throughout the early church, when it comes to the, um, the nature of the brethren of the Lord um, and especially relating to the perpetual virginity of our lady does a really good job. Um, It's not too long. It's very, very short. I would not suggest getting the hardback version. Just get the Kindle version or the paperback version. Um, I don't know why I did a hardcover on that one, but I mean, if you really like hardcover, go for it. Let me share the link real quick. The paperback's only like seven bucks. It's pretty good. Or, well, obviously it's pretty good. What? Why would I reprint it if it wasn't? Okay. I'll put it in the chat right now. Okay. LOL, LOL, LOL. I'm going to rural to find friend based. Everybody go rural. Go localism. Uh, Catholic localism. That's what we're doing. We're all giving each other... Um honey and butter and and flour and, and such and uh whole animals that you raised and slaughter. Uh when will you go and Pines with Aquinas? Uh let Matt fret know. Okay. I'm gonna sneeze. Oh, I'm good. The sneeze went away. Oh no. Okay, sneeze went away again. That's the worst. I hate being sick. Send your best. Uh, tips when it comes to me not being sick anymore okay any plans to do videos on palomas points where you agree and disagree with him um i mean i've read his triads but i read the, the K- kaden has uh militant jamie has let me know how terrible the version of the triads i read was so I will, I, I will assent to what he says and eventually read the good version of it. But I mean, I haven't read much secondary literature, but I don't really care for much secondary literature either way. <coughs> I just think the the arguments from St. Thomas stand. Um, I mean, I'd like to, to uh, have Jay Dyer tell me more about how active potency doesn't exist. That would be so great. So, I, I mean, I consider it. Wait, i got going to blow my nose. I'm sure you guys don't want to hear this. Ah. Ah, okay, I'm back. Okay, what is your favorite writing of St. John Henry Newman? Oh, man, that's a difficult one. That is a very difficult one. Is I want to say is evolution of Catholic dogma, but you guys always get triggered because every time I recommend that book, it's out of print. So thinking of, I mean, I know I say this all the time, but I need to find some way to contact the publisher and tell them like, look, dude, if you're not going to reprint this anymore, uh, give me the rights to it or else I'll have all of all the giga chads that follow me on YouTube to, uh, I don't know, protest you or something. I don't know what we'll do but we'll do something if you don't give me the rights to republish this because the people must need it but when it comes to one i like the most that's that i think everybody else would like uh, lectures on justification i think that's really uh it's really important work when it comes to shaping my own view of justification and then being able to understand trent and the catholic tradition and it also goes against a lot of the pitfalls in Catholics of following what Newman calls the extreme Roman school. So lectures on justification is really good. So are you going to bring back Dr. Matthew Levering? He is a great theologian. I would say he's one of my favorite contemporary theologians. I'm currently reading his book on the Holy Spirit. It's pretty good. I didn't have any plans, but maybe... After I read his book, after I finish reading his book on the Holy Spirit, I'll bring one, talk about it. Okay. Did your wife's parents freak out when you guys converted? Uh, I'd say a bit at first, but I mean, they kind of came to uh, to be, be accustomed to it. I mean, that's just prudence right there. Once you realize that it, it's going to happen, then you kind of have to... Um, Find a way how to how to live with it and not um, just constantly have a strained relationship over something, even though you've made your convictions clear. But I mean, also, over time, I've I've helped dispel a lot of the misunderstandings that they have. <clears throat> there is no good version of the triads. Oh, that's sad. Well. Uh, my Greek's not good enough to to read it. I'm assuming my Greek isn't good enough. Okay, interview Eric Yabara on his Filioque book and his upcoming papacy book. Yeah, I'd like to talk to him about the Filioque. Because I mean, Trinitarian theology is something that's really uh, a strong research interest of mine. And it's something that I'm in the middle of doing a very large scale uh, reading through a bibliography and study on it. So I would, I would definitely like to talk to him about the Filioque because as a, as a Thomist, um, I do differ on on a lot of the, because I know reason theology have kind of went on like a little bit of a Franciscan Eastern sort of way of thinking when it came to thinking about the Filioque. But as a Thomist, um, I, I differ on a few points. Byzantine Scotus told me I bought a bad translation of Palamas. So Byzantine Scotus told you and then you told me. Well, maybe it was Byzantine Scotus that told me in the first place. Would you say you employ traditional logic through acts of the mind, so more than symbolic logic? I would say yes, because... Uh, where is it? I don't have the book on me uh dang it nuts well there's a lot of uh scholastic there's actually a lot of scholastic manuals of philosophy i'm looking to reprint too if you guys would find that interesting there was a lot of because you know about the main a lot of people know about the manualist tradition of theology but a lot of people don't know about the manualist tradition of philosophy and there's actually some really good manuals out there okay have you read any Ratzinger? I have not, actually, to my embarrassment. But I don't really read anything past... Let me let me try to think. I don't read much past 1950 or 60. <clears throat> Something happened. Um, just kidding, I'm not. I'm not, not going to go down that rabbit hole. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not going to. I'm not going to, I promise. Yeah, really the only, I'd say, modern theology that I would ever frequently read would be from the catechism that's not really modern theology per se I'm trying to think what else <coughs> levering's book on the holy spirit yeah i just don't like modern theology is the final cause of the nature of man a natural beatitude or supernatural that's a, an interestingly um, that's an interestingly phrased question, isn't that, Caden? <laughs> the nature of man. So when you, you're talking about uh, whether there is a a, na- a purely natural end of man, well, yes, there is. Within the mind, there is. So there's the answer to your question. But I'm just going to leave it at that. Oh, yeah. See uh, see Lagrange for more information. What do you think of St. John Paul II as a theologian? I've only really, uh, I'm in the middle of reading his Theology of the Body, but that's about all that I've, I've read of his. So I can't really. What are your thoughts on the communio theologians, De DeLubac, Balthazar, and those guys? Um, so make me I'll pull up the meme. I made a meme about them actually. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Give me one second. Yeah, you have to have seen the meme. Let's see. I'll eventually find it on my Twitter. I'm gonna share my screen. so much stuff on St. Thomas. Gosh, why do I tweet so much? Oh, here it is. Okay, I'll pause it. I really need to sneeze, so. (coughs) Ah, I hate being sick. Okay, I will... Share my screen so you can see what I think about the Communion theologians. you with delight, seeing what's to come. The image of the dead that is in my mind. I know my friends and I would probably turn the turn If you get out of bed, come fight the city, for the bridge Bring us the all the rage, my little dark Kitty with delight, seeing what's to come Oh, I'm on mute. Oh no. That was that was tragic. Okay. I guess I'll have to read that whole quote again. Okay, so Lagrange kind of uh gives my approach to the to to theological training and reading, which I think the Nouvelle Theology um do not appreciate and they kind of ruined. So he says we find here something similar to that which occurs in intellectual culture. For many, adequate theological training is given by a manual that can be studied in three years, and that one does not feel impelled to reread because all it contains is quickly exhausted. You can claim that the perfection of theological culture is found in such a study. Others can satisfy the demands of their minds only by profound study of Saint Thomas and of his principal commentators. This study is neither an extraordinary undertaking nor luxury for them. It is necessary for the training of their minds. They recognize even if they spend all their lives teaching the Summa, written though it is for novices, they will never exhaust it and will never arrive at a complete grasp of its breadth, height, and depth. To do so would require an intellect equal to that of the Master. To comprehend is to equal, said Raphael. To study the tract or grace, some will consecrate three months to it and scarcely ever return to it. Others understand that the work of a lifetime would not suffice to penetrate what the doctors of the church wish to tell us about this great mystery. So I think what the New Theologie Theology kind of miss is the fact that the form and matter of theolo- of dogmatic theology is traditional. And when it comes to retrieval, while that's Certainly, um, a noble task in some aspect of it when it comes to pedagogy, um, read the Summa and read the commentators. That's really where you need to go. So that's, that's my thoughts on it. Are you planning on doing more streams with Gideon? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I haven't done one in a while. I should probably invite him on for something. Come on, Caden, your communio-pilled. Ah. Bro, I just, I, I understand, I, I really do understand the, uh, the, the temptation. I actually, my computer is currently uh, resting on the discovery of God by de Lubac. So I have read some from the communio theologians. But it reading that and then comparing it to the magisterial works done by, like, Lagrange, it's just no comparison. Absolutely no comparison. Father West and Father Creighton pilled me on them, reading ang- uh, listening to Anglicans about Roman Catholic theology. Come on, Caden, come on. We out here disrespecting the New theology? Yes, we are. Your sound is debunked. <laughs> It was God trying to tell you to take it easy on the Camino guys. Tibor Roth Rosenthal came here from your Twitter post. Well, welcome. Okay, so, oh, Ratzinger made you a trad based. So I got like 14 minutes left and then I'll have to go. So. If you guys have any more questions, I'm at the bottom of the pile right now. Then I'll answer them. If not, we can finish it up. I feel like I have something something else to talk about. Oh yeah, it was amazing. I I stayed with a a Catholic family uh, while during during the Triduum, and they prayed morning and evening prayer as a family every single day. And they chanted it. It was it was great. And they'd been doing that. They said for, uh, I think they said 10 years, every morning, every evening, same time and home altar in the living room rather than a TV. And they just, they just did it, chanted everything. And their, their kids are like insane. They have everything memorized. It's great. so are you currently getting red-pilled on anything am i currently getting red-pilled on anything uh i can't think of anything i'm getting red-pilled on at the moment i'm just in a perpetual state of red pilling i'm getting red-pilled i'm getting red-pilled about the ordinariate i've always been red-pilled about the ordinariate though just after after going to the triduum um at an ordinariate parish which I only usually go to an ordinary parish monthly because it's so far away. I've recognized more and more the absolute supremacy of the ordinary uh, way of of prayer and of doing theology. So... Have you read De Soto? I have not. What points do you agree and disagree with one on Scotism and Franciscan theology? Um, the points I can think about is having to do with the distinction between uh, the persons when it comes to the Trinity. Um. Which that that's more of a of a. Uh, Gideon thing that we've talked about. So I don't really know how strong that is in the SCOTUS tradition. Um, obviously, when it comes to the nature of the intellect and the will, um, some things about the nature of the beatific vision that SCOTUS disagreed with Thomas on. Um, it, I, I mean, there's more obscure things, but I, I think we have more more common ground than we do have not common ground. But any any good manual theology will just point out all those all the differences that the two schools have. I don't think I'd give an adequate listing of just like bam here's the hundred differences between the two. But I again they're like very obscure. Like when it comes to um, the uh, nature of the will after receiving the beatific vision, that's something that Thomas and Scotus disagree on. That's not like a huge a huge deal breaker really. That's enough to still have communion with one another and still basically recognize that we're in the the great tradition of the medieval scholastics. What type of divine office do you pray? The uh, divine worship, the office, such the ordinary version of it. And I don't have a, uh, an office book for it yet. Obviously I have the St. Gregory's prayer book because I mean, who can survive without this glorious St. Gregory's prayer book? But I haven't I haven't snagged a copy of of the office yet. I still just pray it on um, on the website that they have for it. What did they chant like Eastern chants? No, 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 no. There's they they just use Anglican chant. And I they kind of use it in the tradition of like St. Dunstan's Psalter. Basically, like a retrieved sort of serum chant. Flat Earth Red Pill. No. Earth on Turtle Red Pill. Perhaps. <clears throat> How much St. Augustine have you read? He's probably the father I've read the most. I've read a good bit. I mean, the work that I'm most familiar with is is his confessions. I had to read that for like three different classes. And then I read it twice on my own. So I've read the confessions five times at this point. And it's just a, a treasure trove of contemplating the grace of God in, in the life of believers in drawing them to the truth. That's it's really helped me when I consider my own conversion, um, and in God's grace and leading, um, throughout my own life is saint augustine provides a great paradigm so did you ask for a conditional confirmation if so did you get one i did not ask for a conditional confirmation because it's just the general practice that one wouldn't be given so i I didn't really bother and i think that would that would uh it, it would it would have caused more suspicion than it would have really solved anything. And so I, I I didn't, I didn't ask for one because I mean, the, I guess the, the justification I could use had to do with the fact that my confirmation was from somebody who claimed old Catholic orders, but even then the, the record keeping wouldn't be to, to Rome's standards when it came to his confirmation. And we we aren't really on speaking terms at the moment, me and him. So that 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 wouldn't um it just wouldn't work it out. So a lot of practical reasons. Guys preferring the ordinariate but have never attended the pre-55 Roman right. I have I have attended um, a, a good deal of Latin masses. Um, we have a Latin mass parish, well, that I used to attend when my work schedule wasn't uh, like it was. How did you become friends with the other Paul? He uh, he came on my stream one time and told me that we should do a chill stream. So I said okay, and I asked him a bunch of questions about how much we mutually hate Australia. So. <clears throat> Have you read any of the Greek fathers? Yeah, I'm most familiar with St. Cyril. I did some work on his Christology, but that's the most, that's the Greek father, father I'm most familiar with. Do you think modern Catholic teaching contraceptives is consistent with the fathers? Um, I, When it comes to, I, I don't really like to, to do it this way because I always say that you should find your quotes in the wild. But I' haven't, I haven't ran into anything in my, in my reading of the fathers about contraceptives. I've not. So I can't really give my own judgment on it. but when, when I've read secondary sources, it seems like there are some irrefutable um, lo, loci when it comes to the, the father's position on fathers positions, on contraceptives and from the principles of natural law that I've read in the fathers it would the same would follow. You are currently SSPX build, not really. I mean, I, there are some things I disagree with them on, but I, I have a I have an appreciation because if you read um, some of Lefebvre's works, you recognize that what he was dealing with in 1970s and 80s France is a lot different than what we're dealing with today. So it it helps you understand a lot more of what of why he acted the way he did. Because, oh my gosh, 1970s and 80s France was horrible. It was absolutely terrible. Like you have, you have, it was common among clergy to do, to do things that would absolutely invalidate the mass. They would just make up the canon of the mass. They would use um, non-wheat and bread. They would um, do a bunch of craziness. They would just leave the priesthood, whenever they felt like it, they would change the the form of ordination to make the priest something like a, a, a social worker rather than a, a priest of God. <laughs> Jim Campbell, peace in Christ, brother. Was at your confirmation in St. Alvarez this past weekend? Kind of couldn't believe my eyes when I realized it was you. LOL. Congratulations and welcome home hey hey there you go we have a based man here jim campbell uh, did you did you come up and uh introduce yourself i don't, I don't recognize i don't recognize the name but uh but you should have I'll, I'll probably be i don't know if you're if you're a local of athens but i'll probably be back down there eventually maybe for the pentecost vigil maybe for for something else because uh he was Father Tipton and I have uh, have had some good email correspondence, so I'd love to come back down and, and say hi to everybody but uh, but thank you for for coming here. When you were Anglican, was your priest a woman? No, no 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 I would have uh, I, I wouldn't have uh, participated in that foolishness. It's pretty interesting when Saint Augustine talks about stealing figs as a child when he mentions it in his Confessions. Yes, stealing figs as a child that that was that was one of that's one of the strangest passages in the Confessions when he when he just goes off about stealing figs and about how terrible it was and kind of um, analyzing in his own psyche the sin. Uh, that's one of my favorite parts. I'm devoted to Lefebvre, but I attend the new mass. Yeah, I mean it's it's kind of the same with me. I, I mean, there's I really like a lot of what Lefebvre said, but I, I think he went I, I think he went too far on some areas, especially with some of the stuff he said about the new mass. <clears throat> like I, I I think it's completely fine to attend the new mass. I don't think that you should stay home. Where can I find your works on St. Cyril's Christology? I wrote an essay on it. It should be on my website. Um, It was like the third article that I actually posted on my website. So if you just go uh, christianbwagner.com and then you just go to the, go all the way back, you should find, um, it's called something like communicatio idiomatum or something like that that I wrote. like Germany today. Am I right? What do you, what are you, uh, what are you referencing to? Okay. Why do you attend the SSPX, not the FSSP there? There's just that. So when it comes to what I'm able to attend, because night shift, um, it's it really restricted because I sleep until like pretty late in the in the afternoon um, because I usually don't go to bed until like eight a.m. So uh, most of most of the masses are are already done by then. So I could either a go to a really early morning mass and not be able to go with my wife, or b I could go to the local mass. Or C, I could go to the SSPX one, and the the other two options were not satisfactory. France in the seventies and eighties, yes, kind of like Germany today, yeah. Like that, like if you, that, that's actually a really good analogy, Father James. Like think about if you had a German bishop today, who who was uh, a, a traditional Catholic, and he was like, "Look, guys, I'm." I'm getting out of here. I'm doing my own thing. Well, not, not that Lefebvre did his own thing, but he's like, I'm resisting uh, what you guys are doing. (coughs) Like we would, we would definitely understand what he was doing. The new mass is beautiful and holy and good. Correct. Okay. So let's see. I don't see any more questions. I could probably do one or two more athanasia schneider oh yeah basically yeah if anybody's in the i always forget to mention this but if anybody's in the charlotte area or um in the hendersonville area because I go to Hendersonville once a month to attend mass. I mean, I'd love to love if you. I'd love to hang out or get coffee or something. If any of you are in the area, that's something I've I've done before, and I always enjoy it. So, so Jim Campbell, if uh, if you'd email me, um, that'd be great, so I can remember to let you know when I'm down there next. Okay, this is the last question I'll deal with unless something really good gets asked. How should one approach Christian disagreements and schisms in the first millennium? So like the Church of the East and the uh, Monophysite, well, Miaphysite, made up word, that schism, how should one approach them? I think the best work when it comes to reading about something adjacent to this issue would be uh, St. John Henry Newman's work, Arians of the fourth century. It talks about the schisms and disagreements surrounding the Aryan crisis. And that really provides a good lens for viewing, for viewing uh, schism in general, really. And then he has some select sections. It'll become obvious from the chapter headings, but in his development of Christian doctrine, he has sections on schism and how uh, we are to reconcile that with the, the unity of the church. You not Newman. well, father James, you have to admit that th- this is a purely historic. Well, when it comes to the areas of the fourth century, this is a purely historical work from Newman that was recommended. He Newman, you have to, I think, separate, um, Newman as a historian, which was his, uh, in, in early Eastern church history was one of his specialties. So when it comes to all of the, uh, translations he did, like if you have the shaft set, you have, there's translations from Newman in there and extensive notes from Newman in there. So you'll have to just throw away out, throw out all of, uh, his, um, translations and notes on some of the, uh, I think he did some of the Cappadocians and then Athanasius, if I'm remembering correctly. You're just going to have to throw all that out. And uh, yeah, see, he's a decent historian. Exactly. He did some historical essays when it came to uh, medieval church history. So Newman is a historian. Like, I think everybody can agree that he was was pretty, pretty great. But I mean, you can hate Newman as a theologian all you want. But even then, Father James, like you hate the development of doctrine. Okay. Like, what else is there really to hate about him? Like... Lectures on the Justification is pretty good. um. Except he, he doesn't do the best job with representing Luther. Um, that's really the only flaw in that work. <clears throat> in a lot of his other other works, Grammar of Ascent, that's pretty good. So there's no, nothing to hate about him. There's just... They're like the one everybody knows and hates him for. The moment of doctrine. Okay, I think I heard that. Track 90. Oh, Yeah. Track ninety, yeah, I think Track ninety is one of his least good works. <laughs> when when it came to uh, trying to reconcile Tridentine Catholicism and and the um, thirty nine Articles, they're they're not good. Okay. Yeah, I, you know, when I think of Newman, Track 90 is like at the bottom of the list of things I think about him. I don't really think about Track 90 much anymore. I mean, there was a certain point where I was like, oh yeah, Track 90. That's that's uh, that's great when it comes to uh, thinking about various ways of reading the 39 articles. And then now I just don't really, I couldn't possibly care less about Track 90. What's wrong with Track 90? Um, it. Oh, he, he just... That was written when he was an Anglican. I think it was two years before his conversion to Rome. Um, and he tried to uh, synthesize the 39 articles and say that, it, that you can possibly read the 39 articles in line with the Council of Trent. And obviously that's um, not the intent of the writers of the 39 articles. That was a bit of a fruitless sort of um, experiment with with Newman, but I, I get why he did his. With uh, I get why he did uh, that too. He was kind of in a um, Lefebvre sort of situation too when it came to evangelical control of the Church of England. Okay, that's all I have for you guys. Let me give you guys like ten seconds see if there's anything else. I should reply to. Q. C. does a much better job. Uh, Forbes Forbes does a a great job too, in his um, commentary on the third Night articles. Bishop Forbes. That's the favorite. That's my favorite that I've read on the third Night articles. What are your thoughts on Pusey? Pusey, um, he was very formative uh, for me, uh, especially on my theology of the sacraments. His work on baptism, I I really enjoyed it when I read it. Again, I really like all the track, uh, most of the Tractarians, except on their, uh, their kind of theology of grace. I don't really like and their theology of predestination. But <clears throat> when, when it comes to Tractarians, they really did help me um, as as kind of a stepping stone. Great stream, brother. Thank you. Thank you much. Do you think we might stumble upon more father's writings? I, I, I wouldn't be opposed to it. We just, I think a uh, demonstration of apostolic preaching by St. Irenaeus was only found a few decades ago. So anything's possible. There's a lot of incomplete works and stuff like that. Hi, Christian. Joa from Discord here. Congrats once again and welcome to the Holy, Holy Catholic and Apostolic Church of Christ. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay. I will see you guys tomorrow. Oh, that's all I can think of. Oh, yeah. There you go. Like, comment, and subscribe to Militant Thomas. I forgot that. Make sure you like, comment, subscribe. Go to Christian B. Wagner slash shop. Go to all of the books that have reprinted. Give them five star reviews. Just write up big reviews about how great the reprints are. And yeah, that that's that's about it. So thank you for showing up. And need to get rid of. Oh yeah, smash that like button. Absolutely destroy it. Go Russia to Ukraine with that. With that. Okay. Goodbye. Oh, yeah. Christ is risen. Alleluia. Alleluia.